Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Be what she's doing here, she's not giving orders. Notice she is quoting what God said. Some people say she ordered Barak. No, she's quoting God. Don't make Deborah into a means of getting out of godly order. She's quoting God. In verse 6, look at what she said. She said, has not the Lord of Israel commanded? Do you see that? Go and deploy troops. Has not the Lord commanded? Go and deploy troops. She didn't say, I command you to deploy troops. Deborah is a godly woman. She knows the order that God has established. She knows why she's there. It's to shame the men. And so she says, has not the Lord commanded? I just want y'all to make sure you see that. Has not the Lord commanded, go and deploy troops. Very important that we recognize exactly how Deborah is speaking. She's not commanding Barak. She's reminding Barak that the Lord God commanded this. Okay? Men and women, if you do not operate in God's order, you cannot receive the blessing. Well, I know things may feel somewhat okay right now, but if you're out of godly order, especially if you know it, you know that little snag you have in your life that you just can't seem, why can't I seem to get rid of that? It's because you're out of order. Get in God's order. Deborah's operating in proper godly order. And I mean, if she doesn't, word's going to get back to her husband. Lapidoth's going to come up and say, hey, what, what are you doing? You, you've, got a, you've got a lot of accountability as a judge. She's operating right. But she's, she's giving God's commands on the exact strategy on how to win against their oppressive enemy. Here's how you do it. You got these, these bad guys. Here's how you get it. So Deborah summons a man named Barak from Kadesh and Naphtali. What is so important about this town? If the town is mentioned, why is it significant? Back in Joshua 20, do you remember when they were appointing cities of refuge? If you accidentally killed somebody, you could run to a city of refuge, they'd take you in and you're safe, and the avenger of blood that's coming to kill you for killing accidentally his friend, you're safe in there. And there's a parallel that Jesus Christ is our refuge, that in him we're safe from the condemnation of sin. So Kadesh is a refuge city, and it's also the closest city to this enemy. So it's a strategic move to take 10,000 troops and put them in a refuge city close to the enemy. This is military moving stuff here, good stuff to do. And Deborah reminds Barak that God ordered to put the troops on Mount Tabor. Uh, Fortunately, I have personally been to Mount Tabor. And it's about 1,300 feet up. And when you see how steep it rises and you see how rocky it is, you can understand why God said to put the troops way up there because the enemy has 900 chariots and chariots don't work too good when they're going uphill. Hello. (laughs) This is smart. This is God-given intelligence. The enemy has 900 chariots and they're not going to do them any good up there, is it? 900 chariots? So what? We're going to get on a hill. (laughs) 
A lot of good they do up there. So Israel has the high ground. It's a close location. It's near Refuge City, and it's a safe place to launch attacks from. Now, Judges 4 and 8. And Barak said to her, if you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. Verse 9, so she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, there will be no glory for you in the journey you are taking. For the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kedesh. Okay, guys, I just want to sigh when I hear that kind of thing. Because here's Barak. He had an opportunity to get up and go do what he told to do. And like I said, they're being spineless. Well, if you go with me, I'll go. But I ain't going if you don't. Just want to knock some sense into him, don't you? The men are not doing their jobs. And Barak's response is not how you react to a command of God. That When God tells you to do something, you should do it. Not, well, I don't know, and, and throw conditions and manipulate it. You, you don't do that. I don't think Barak fully trusted the prophecy of victory that Deborah gave him. And so he's trying to put conditions on it. Go with me or I won't do it. Barak is being a reflection of his culture. His culture was a culture of men who laid down and says, we're tired, we don't want to do our job, let somebody else do it. And here's Barak doing the same thing. Israel is defeated and laying down, so is Barak. Barak is a reflection of what's going on. Now, I think that instead of trusting the prophecy, Barak felt he'd have a better chance of victory if God's prophet was personally there. But good gracious, Deborah rebuked him pretty good for this, didn't she? Boy, she let him have it. You can hear Barak's attitude, but you can also hear Deborah's too, because she says, I'll go with you, but... She said, I'll go with you, but there's no glory for you in the journey that you're taking. In other words, she said, the way you're going about this isn't good for you. The way you're going about this ain't going to work out. Now remember, Deborah's leadership was given to her because God wanted to shame the men and prod them into action. And we see this very thing being played out right here and how God issued a new prophecy through Deborah that the Lord will now sell Sisera the enemy into the hand of a woman. Man, if you're not going to do your job, I'm going to hand it to a woman again. You see what God's doing? Deborah is a judge to shame the men, and now that Barak won't act, all right, we're going to give it to a woman. You think after two of these, (laughs) the men are going to start getting it. Do you see how God is trying to jolt old Barak into this? He's trying to shake him out of it. Dude, get up and get busy. Quite frankly, the men of this nation are laying down on the job. A lot of fatherless children. It's A lot of guys, when we go to the abortion clinic, we see men driving their girls to the abortion clinic to make them have abortions. It may not be just her decision. He's pushing her. I've seen that. Men, be men. Be fathers. Be dads. Do your job. And God's trying to jolt Barak into this. Now, although Barak isn't fully measuring up right now, doesn't look good for Barak right now, I do want to tell you that in Hebrews 11, Barak is mentioned as one of the heroes of the faith, right alongside of guys like Samson, David, and Samuel. So Barak does eventually learn to, he does eventually learn to suck it up, buttercup. He does get it later, but for now, let's just read on. Judges 4 and 10. And Barak called Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh. He went up with 10,000 men under his command, and Deborah went up with him. Now Heber, the Kenite of the children of Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses, had separated himself from the Kenites and pitched his tent near the Terebinth tree at Zanam, which is beside Kadesh. 
And they reported to Sesera that Barak, the son of Abinoam, had gone up to Mount Tabor. So Sisera gathered together all his 900 chariots of iron and all the people who were with him from Harasheth Hagoyim to the river Kishon. Then Deborah said to Barak, Up, for this is the day in which the Lord has delivered Sisera into your hand. Has not the Lord gone out before you? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. And the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and all his army with the edge of the sword before Barak. And Sisera alighted from his chariot and fled away on foot. But Barak pursued the chariots and the army as far as Harasheth Hagoyim, and all the army of Sisera fell by the edge of the sword. Not a man was left. Okay, so you know when you watch a movie, like a James Bond movie, and the bald guy carrying the white cat, at the end, he always gets away, you know, the the main villain gets away. (laughs) Who got away? Sisera got away. Sisera got away. Barak never got him. Barak never did get him. Had Barak trusted God's command to go and get that victory, Sisera would have fell down and died right there. He would have fell down and died right then and there. But he got away because Deborah prophesied it. Okay? This shows us how important it is to be obedient to God's command so that you don't end up having partial victories. There's nothing worse than a partial victory. Well, we, we almost won. No, you're supposed to win, especially in the name of Jesus Christ. This is a partial victory. Partial obedience or lack of obedience is a partial victory, but full victories requires full trust in God. If you want a full victorious life, but this is panning out just like Deborah prophesied. Sisera is not going to fall to Barak. God's prophecy will be fulfilled. I heard somebody tell me the other day, they, uh, there was a guest speaker at a church, and he was speaking prophecy, and the pastor got up in the middle of the man's speech and shut him off in front of the whole congregation and said, we do not talk about prophecy here. In a church, how bad is that? The testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. Prophecy is Jesus, okay, because he shows himself through prophecy. God's prophecy will be fulfilled. Sisera got away, because it says, for the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. So that's why he got away. Let's watch this play out in verse 17. However, Sisera had fled away on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber, the Kenite. For there was peace between Jabin, king of Hazor, and the house of Heber, the Kenite. And Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Turn aside, my lord, turn aside to me, do not fear. And when he had turned aside with her into the tent, she covered him with a blanket. Then he said to her, Please give me a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. So she opened a jug of milk, gave him a drink, and covered him. And he said to her, Stand at the door of the tent, and if any man comes and inquires of you and says, Is there a man here? You shall say, No. Then Jael, Heber's wife, took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand and went softly to him and drove the tent peg into his temple. And it went down into the ground, for he was fast asleep and weary. So he died. And then as Barak pursued Sisera, Jael came out to meet him and said to him, Come, I will show you the man whom you seek. And when he went into her tent, there lay Sisera dead with the peg in his temple. You think he got the point? I think he did, but um, 
Last night, uh, Anna and I were talking about it. Anna said, can you imagine what was going through Barak's head when Jael said the guy is in here and found him dead? I said, I'm more concerned about what went through Sisera's head. So, but for real here, and and I I made that to have a little fun, but I want to ask you the question. I wonder what's going through Barak's head right now. This prophecy just played out exactly like Deborah said. Here he is. I could have had that victory. You think Barak got the point. Start being a man. Do your job. Do you think he's realizing the problem with spiritual laziness? Guys, if you were Barak here, wouldn't you be thinking to yourself that it ended up like this because you doubted God's prophecy? I didn't believe in God, and this is the way it turned out. Shouldn't have gone like this. I think I'd be a bit ashamed of myself for letting it go down like this when the original victory could have been mine as God would have intended it to. Guys, wouldn't that just wake you up to see how it went down like this? I think Barak may have felt a little shame in this. I should have just done what God told me to do. He keeps giving what could have been mine to women. And God's like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, come on. Let's get going here. But let's look at how God set up all the conditions for this prophecy to come through. Back in verse 11, we see that Jael's husband, Heber, he wasn't even home. When Sisera came to the tent, remember he pitched his tent somewhere else, it said. The Lord must have given Heber some kind of a reason to be out of town at that time, just so that Jael could perform her part in killing Sisera, therefore fulfilling the prophecy that the Lord would sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. If Heber had been home, Jael probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to drive this stake in like this. I think there would have been a fight in the house. You're going to do what? See, Jael had to act the way God wanted her to, and the husband's not in the house right now. There's some things God's moving around here. And so, Barak is processing, probably, I would say, I would be, processing all these events of the day, realizing, dude, I better get my faith and my attitude right with God, because he really can do the things that he says he's going to do. Friends, when God tells you he's going to do something, he will do it with or without your help. He doesn't need your help, but he wants your involvement because he wants you to watch him work. And so when God tells you to do something, don't think it's dependent on you. It's dependent on him. He wants you to be involved with it. Get in and watch what he does. And so the Lord moved everybody into position right where he wanted them to be beforehand so that the prophecy would become fulfilled just like he said it would. Friends, when God says you have victory in him, when God says go do this and you'll have victory, trust him and go do it. Don't say, well, hang on, God. Uh, Wait a minute. I don't fully like the sound of this. If you make so-and-so do this and make this happen like that, then I'll go. God's going to go, you just lost the whole victory, buddy. It's so much better to just go, okay, God, I'll do it. Don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm going. Trust me, when I left my career to come into ministry full-time, I had no clue how we were going to get by. Six years later, we're still here. We're doing just fine. Okay, when God tells you to do something, go do it. Trust Him. Now, one thing about the women in JL's culture here, they helped with pitching tents. And so JL had a lot of experience with driving in tent pegs. She was good at it, man. She could drive a tent peg with power and with accuracy. She knew what to do. She, she had been doing it for a long time. And so she had great confidence in her abilities. 
that when it came time to strike Sisera dead, she wasn't worried that, oh, maybe, what, but what if I miss the peg? Oh, what if he jumps up out of bed and, and, and if I miss and it wakes him up and he jumps out of bed and, and, and maybe he'll jump on me and attack me and kill me instead and oh my gosh, then I'm going to die. Guys, do you realize how sometimes we are our own worst enemy? We invent most of the trouble that we don't even have because we doubt. J.L. was confident, and she knew what she could do was good enough to get the job done. And so she did it. When we make up stories like this with our imaginations, then we lack confidence, and we become our worst enemy, and we invent stories that only our imagination could come up with. And we use that to justify ourselves for all the reasons why I can't do it. I can't do it. When I come up into ministry, I thought to myself, I don't sound like all those other eloquent pastors. I don't have to sound like them. I sound like me. But it was a a confidence thing. And, And we come up with reasons why, well, God told me to do it, but God, here's why I can't, because I lack confidence and I can't do this good enough and I can't do that good enough. So, okay, you need to send Deborah with me because I can't pull it off. You lost your victory. And just and Satan, man, I'm telling you, he just loves it when we do this. Because <laughs> he steals your victory. He steals it away. He steals your blessing. The fullness of life that you could have, he takes it and runs off with it and says, you lost it. Because you're saying, I can't. Or because you're not in order. And because you're not in order, you think you can't. So J.L. knew she had the ability, she had skills, and God used her skills, so she went for it, and bam, prophecy is fulfilled, just like that. Judges 4 and 23, so on that day God subdued Jabin king of Canaan in the presence of the children of Israel, and the hand of the children of Israel grew stronger and stronger against Jabin king of Canaan, until they had destroyed Jabin king of Canaan. So, okay, for many years, the Canaanites, they always had the upper hand. All these decades, they always had the upper hand. They're oppressed harshly. Israel's going through a tough time. But today, everything turned around the other way, didn't it? All of a sudden, it turned around. Till this day, God took out the king of Canaan. And from this day forward, there's now a constant decline in Canaanite power now, causing Israel to be stronger. The tide has turned in Israel's favor. Now, friends, the gospel is all over Judges 4. We have a great enemy that looks impossible to take down, but we fight from a place of refuge. We fight from a place of refuge. We have the upper ground. We fight from the victory of Jesus Christ. Friends, you do not fight for victory. You fight from victory. means it's already won. Don't go out thinking like you have to win it. God already took care of it. You fight from victory. Israel stood up on Mount Tabor. We stand up on the rock of Jesus Christ. But friends, do not be a reflection of your culture like Barak was. Don't get out of godly order because it will affect your faith. And when your faith gets affected, you'll doubt God and you won't obey and then you'll miss the fullness of the victory. When you don't fully trust in God's way of doing things, you'll mess up on getting the full victory. You'll mess up on the task, and you will end up passing your job role off onto others, and they will walk away with the victories that you're supposed to have. Victories that are supposed to be yours will end up with someone else. JL got the victory that was supposed to belong to Barak. So do your job God's way. If you're operating out of order, 
ladies and men alike, both of us, all of us, then heed Deborah's warning. If you're operating out of order, heed what Deborah said. She said, there will be no glory for you in the journey that you are taking. If you're doing something that God's word says, don't do it like this, there will be no victory, no gain for you in the way you're going about it. Well, it's my life. I can do what I want. You think Israel said that? Well, God, it's our life. We can do what we want, putting you under oppression anyway. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He doesn't give you the victory through you. He gives it through the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to give you some encouragement. Do not doubt your abilities. If you have no, no or low confidence in yourself, it's only because you're not recognizing yet the great abilities that God has blessed you with. Okay, let me put it to you this way. The job you have, the family you're with, places that you are, you are strategically placed to develop skills, skills that can be used for God's kingdom. Don't walk with a lack of confidence saying, well, I can't, Lord. If God gives me a command, I can't, I can't, I can't. You have skills. Do you think J.L. thought that driving tent pegs would glorify God in any kind of way? Her tent peg driving skills brought forth a prophecy. God has blessed you with skills and talents. And if you'll just be faithful, you'll find that you're already so proficient at it that you can serve him with great confidence when he calls for you to act on it, just like J.L. did. Now, I hate to run the pun by you again, but are you getting the point? Are you getting it? You can serve him with great confidence. Men, do your job. I'm going to say that again. Men, let's go do our job. Do your job. Gals, ladies, do yours. Everybody get in God's order. And when you serve him with obedience, and if you serve him with confidence, then bam, you will get to see God's promises fulfilled. Father, I thank you for today. Thank you for Judges 4, Lord God. You showed us a lot of good stuff in here. Anybody in here today that's operating out of order, they're doing something they know they're not supposed to be doing. Lord, you've already indicated to them it's not going to turn out well. Lord, I ask today that you cause some people here today or hearing me on the radio to finally turn. Why should we have to let it get so bad before we finally cry out to you? Lord, incline your people to just bow the knee today, to go ahead and get right with you today, instead of waiting until it gets so much worse, before so much damage can happen. Lord, bless your people with the momentum to turn around, to see it, to get the point, and turn around and say, I can't do this anymore. I need to finally get right with you and repent and come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Sorry, Lord God, that we've done that. Thank you for sending your Lord, uh, the, the Lord Jesus Christ to die in my place. For anybody here that you have not fully repented of your sins, today is the best time to do so because you might not get tomorrow. Turn and repent of your sins. Say to the Lord Jesus, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I give my life to you. I now do things your way. Lord, I'm not going to manipulate the terms. I'm not going to say, yeah, but if you this or yeah, but if you that like Barak did. I'm just going to do it, Lord God. I'm just, I want to be right with you. Lord, cause your people to turn. Show them that your blessing is much better than where they've been. We give our lives to you. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.